it's so good to be here with you on this Good Friday afternoon. This is the first of seven gatherings that we'll have this Easter weekend because we love Easter around here. And because this is a no excuses Easter, there are no spring breaks. There's nothing else like that to compete with. There's not a lot of good reasons to be out of town. So there's a lot of great reasons to be right here. And so we have two services tomorrow night, five and seven, our normal three on Sunday at nine, 1045 and 1230. We're baptizing at 730 on Sunday morning. We're so excited about that. And I got to tell you, if you were here at Christmas, then you know that Stevie likes to have planned services that have something right at the beginning, that have something to wow you right at the beginning. So we don't have little drummer boys for Easter. We had them for Christmas. But I just want to tell you, you don't want to be on time. You want to be early. You want to get the kids checked in to Brent's area where there's going to be live animals and who knows what else he's come up with to, uh, to, to burn the message and the image of Easter into the hearts and minds of our kids. But you want to be here early so that you've got a seat. And I want to encourage you to tell others to do that. So you need to go home. You need to get on Facebook, on the Twitter, on Instagram. If you want to come up here and videotape your 15-second message inviting people to Easter, you can do that and send that out but whatever you've got to do get people here because we are fired up about what Jesus has done for us pastor Brian is fired up about a resurrection message we're excited to share it with our community we're excited to share it and and several years ago pastor Brian led us to begin this Easter weekend with a good Friday service that's different from all the other ones that we'll do this weekend but that takes a few moments to focus on the cross And a few moments to focus on the cross and then to take communion, not only to to clean the inside of the cup and to tend the garden of our soul, but not just for our own sake, but also to prepare us for ministry. Because we as the family of God, as, as the body of Jesus Christ here on a mission at Westridge Church, we are about to welcome thousands of people from this community here. And we want God to be able to use us and hold nothing back. And so we begin today, those who have already volunteered in this service, they began today with communion. It's so important that we allow God to have his way with us to to cleanse our hearts, to allow allow him to be able to use us in any way he sees fit. So right now we want to spend a few moments focusing on the cross, on the work of Jesus on that Good Friday. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. The Apostle Paul is writing to a city full of people in Corinth who feel like they have all the mysteries of life figured out. The cross of Christ makes no sense to them. It's not intelligent to them. The the Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses to say they feel like we're foolish is the word Moriah. It's where we get the word moron from. The rest of the world may look at a day like today and they look at Christ's followers and they may mock, they may ridicule, they may say morons. When they consider the cross, they may consider us as as naive or uninformed or or childish. You see, even on a day like today, many people look at at the cross and they don't see hope in it. All they see is punishment. For them, it's the symbolic end of a defeated movement. It's a dead end. And it would be really easy to give in to that. It would be really easy just to say to the skeptic, you know what, you're right, just forget about the cross and just give them a picture of an empty tomb and invite them to come back Saturday and Sunday. But let me tell you, the writers of the New Testament do not do that. They do not see the cross that way. And when I see the cross, I don't see weakness. I don't see defeat. I see the power of God that the Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians. 
The cross is a symbol of victory for us today. It's a symbol of victory for the believer in Jesus Christ. The cross is a power source for every single one of us. It's a power source for us every single day for all that it stands for, for all that Jesus accomplished. And that's why this is such a good, good Friday. You see, from that source of power, the foundation of all of our hopes and dreams and strengths, they radiate like a beam of light brighter than the sun on its best day. You know, when you step outside on a sunny day at any given moment, that beam of sunlight that's warming your skin left the sun seven minutes previous to you enjoying it. It takes four years for the light from the sun to get to the nearest star. And yet when the Apostle Paul talks about the light of the cross, he's talking about the light that began to shine 2,000 years ago and and continues to shine to this day. Because of all of the, when it comes to light, because of all of the endless atomic particles involved in the, and the speed at which they travel. Light is a constant, though its source may be millions of miles away. And it's no wonder that as the Apostle Paul talked about the light of God, the light of the gospel, the light of the cross, he would refer to it in such a way as something that would continue to be a source of power to us, that would continue to be a source of illumination and strength to us on every day that we're here on this planet. You know, at a gathering earlier this week, my eight-year-old son, Wesley, he asked a question. We were with our small group and we were actually celebrating a, a Seder meal on, on Tuesday night and discovering all the images there in Passover that actually points to Jesus and, and points to Jesus' return one day. And we took questions. And so when your eight-year-old raises your hand and you're the facilitator, you have a choice to make, all right? You have to decide whether or not you're going to take that question wondering whether or not it's about the Captain America movie that's out or wondering it's actually, whether or not it's actually about what we're talking about. And I can tell you about my eight-year-old. He, God has wired him very specifically. He's very focused on Jesus. He understands what Jesus has done for him. And so I had a feeling he would ask a question about Jesus, and so he did. He raised his hand. He said, Dad, he said, why did Jesus allow that man to betray him? Why did he allow himself to be betrayed? It's a pretty profound question, isn't it? And maybe on this Good Friday, I wonder if any of you have ever asked, why would Jesus allow any of the things that happened on this day to happen? I mean, how could the one who turned water into wine, who fed 5,000 with a few crackers and some sardines, who, who walked on water, who healed the sick and the lame and the blind, who had the power to stop it all, why didn't he? You see, the cross is not just an ordinary picture of power. It's a picture of restraint beyond our understanding. And perhaps the greatest sign of the power of Jesus Christ is in the miracle he did not perform that day by not pulling himself down on the cross, from the cross. You see, it began in the wee small hours of this Friday morning as he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And he was betrayed by one of his own. As Judas led the the soldiers into the garden, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples who had been closest to him, his, his initial response was to fight, to put an end to the whole thing, to make sure that nothing bad would happen to his Lord. So he, he grabbed the sword of one of the Roman soldiers, a soldier by the name of Malchus, and with it he, he cut off Malchus's ear. And Jesus perhaps put his hand over on Peter's arm and he said this to Peter. He said, do you not think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once Send me more than 12 legions of angels. Peter, there's power beyond your understanding at my disposal. But this is not the way of God. Peter, let it go. 
And he reached down and he picked up that fragment of that soldier's ear and he healed him in that moment. You see, Jesus chose to do no miracle to end the events that began early on Friday morning and that continued into the rest of that day. When he was betrayed by one of the people closest to him, he allowed it to happen. As the evening progressed and his words were taken out of context and he was falsely accused by leaders in the community, he did not even dignify their lies with a response. When they beat him mercilessly later that morning, striking him with a whip laced with pieces of bone and rock and striking him 39 times, he allowed it to happen. He could have stood to his feet and and grabbed the whip out of the hands of his punishers at any time, but rather he chose to take every blow. And then he was mocked to his face. They plucked out his beard. They put a scarlet robe on him and then they stripped him to his last garment. They made a sign referring to him as king of a few rather than the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They twisted a, a crown of thorns and they beat it upon his head with a reed. All of this he could have stopped, but he didn't. He could have stopped walking down that path known as the way of suffering at any time. He could have turned around and said, enough. But he had already told the Father, yet not what I will, but what you will. When they laid him down and nailed him to that cross, with every splinter of that wood, recognizing the presence of the Creator, he could have risen off of there, but he didn't. As the chief priests and Pharisees mocked him as he hung there, they actually challenged him to perform the very miracle we're talking about that he did not do. They actually challenged him to save himself as they stood at the foot of the cross and gloated over what was happening. Yet some of his final words were, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Perhaps the greatest evidence of the power of Jesus Christ is in what he did not do that day. But the cross It's not a symbol of failure. It's the blood covering every sin. It's Jesus seeing the joy that was beyond. So he despised the shame. He endured the pain and Jesus paid it all. And because of that, the cross is a symbol of power and of victory and of mission fulfilled. To some, it looks like foolishness and weakness, but I can assure you there's no shortage of power here today. At noon, the sky went suddenly dark. The creation that he, thousands of years earlier, had spoken to existence. The creation began to to quiver and the clouds began to gather. I can tell you, because creation acknowledged what was going on that day, there's no shortage of power here. When he spoke his final words, the earth quaked. Some of it split open. Bodies of the saints around Jerusalem, the scriptures say, arose out of the ground and were seen by people all across Jerusalem. Listen, There's no shortage of power here. The chief priests and the Pharisees could not have done anything to bring this about. No one could fake what was happening at the moment of his death. I can tell you, when you look at the cross, there's no shortage of power here. And most important, that veil on the temple that blocked our access to the presence of God was torn from the top down as if God the Father reached down himself and said, come on in, I'm wide open There is no shortage of power here. 
You see, when the veil over your eyes is removed and you gaze at the cross of Jesus Christ and you understand it, you understand that this is not a day of defeat. This is not a day of ending. Rather, the cross is the symbol of the greatest act of victory achieved by the hand of God. The blood that stained that cross covered the sins of the entire world. And on Friday, we say, listen, sins have been defeated. Your sins, my sins have been washed white as snow. And before God today, we can stand completely clean. There are moments where we still struggle. There are moments where sin still tries to enter in my flesh, sometimes even in surprising fashion in ways that I'm not even prepared for. But it's in those moments I can preach the gospel of this day to myself and say it's by grace that I am saved through faith. Sin has been defeated, completely clean. The cross is not a place of shame and defeat today. It's a place of power. The cross is not the end. It was the start of a brand new day the power of God that purchased salvation, I can assure you there's no shortage of power when it comes to the cross. So when you look at the cross in your mind's eye today, as you consider what Jesus has done for you, maybe as you consider that moment where you first put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, when you look at the cross, what do you see? When you look up at that cross on that hill outside of Jerusalem with two thieves hanging on either side and your savior in the middle, when you look at the cross, what do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see the strength to carry on on the difficult days. I see the strength to endure suffering. I see the strength to endure temptation. I see the strength to surrender my life fresh and new for a new day with new challenges. Do you need comfort today? Do you need healing today? Do you need deliverance on this Good Friday? Are people mocking you? Have people rallied against you? Do you feel like at any given time you could give up, that you wanna stop, that you wanna throw in the towel? Can I tell you, look to the cross. And look to the cross and see a God who can handle every single challenge. Look to the cross and see a God who is with you, who is for you. Look to the cross and see a God who can be trusted. Look to the cross and see the one about whom it was said he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I see, when I see the cross, I see that what my enemies mean for evil, God means for good. I see a love that does not give up and I see a love that never, ever fails. I know that there are some when they look at the cross, they don't see that. About them, the scriptures say that in their case, the God of this world has blinded the the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. But we stand today and the light of that gospel, the light of the cross. It's the glory of Jesus Christ, the very image of God himself. And if you've put your faith and trust in the cross of Jesus Christ for the payment of your sins, it's your job to go from house to house, to go from person to person, to as you go, to lift the veil of those who are in darkness, and to help them see the light of the cross.
Apostle Paul said, our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with conviction. The cross is a power source for every single day. The cross is a power source. It's not a place of defeat. Light is a constant. Light needs no help to travel. In fact, really beyond scientific explanation, light travels through air. It travels through vacuum spaces. There's actually light that can bend around walls. Literally, under the right conditions, light is an unstoppable force. But light is meant to be seen. You see, if there are only a a few particles in the path of light, then light is just visible in a few bright points, just a little bit here and a little bit there. However, the more particles that are put into the path of the light, as they begin to work together, like the particles of this haze that they fired off behind me, then it continues as a beam, as a beam that you can capture. You can see there was, there was a plan for the light. There were places for the light to shine. And the more particles enter into the beam of that light, then the stronger that light is, the more it's not just a little bit here and a little bit there, but it's carried. It's carried wherever it needs to go. As long as the particles are in the beam, going into the light, as long as they're there, you can see the light. And it is our job, it is our mission to live our lives as those particles in the light of the cross. And not to just be a light here or there, but rather we are to carry it continuously every single day, wherever we go. The message of the gospel is a source of light that can illuminate every heart, but it must be carried by those who have put their faith and trust in him. And today, as we reflect on the cross of Jesus Christ, may we carry the power of God that's within us everywhere we go until every name confesses, till every knee bows that Jesus Christ who hung on that cross is the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. We thank him for the cross. Let's pray today. As we consider the cross today, may we not see defeat. May we not wait for Sunday only and the miracle of resurrection but may we recognize the power of the cross, the power where our Savior shed his blood for all of our sins. Today, if you're here and you were invited by a guest maybe to hear about this cross, to consider this cross, I want you to know that the Son of God went to the cross that day outside of Jerusalem to cover your sins. Everything you've already done wrong in your life, everything you will do is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And today you can stand before God fresh and new. You can stand before God with your sins completely clean, with your sins completely washed away. It is only when you stand before him in that condition that you can truly begin to experience the abundant life journey that Jesus came to earth to reveal to all of us. It's only when you stand there clean before him that the kingdom of God can be planted in your heart. So today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today you can pray in your own words, God, 
Thank you for sending your son to that cross. Thank you for his blood that was shed for me. I put my faith and trust in that. Put my faith and trust that he's washed me clean. And I want to tell you that even there as you pray, that not only has, has he washed you clean, but Sunday is coming. And he is risen again today. He is the savior that lives so that we might have eternity with God. God, for any who put their faith and trust in you today, would you plant resurrection in their hearts? And God, would you help it to come alive in them, fresh and new on this day? And may they carry it forward with them everywhere they go. If you're here today, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Would you please stop and let us know? Stop at our help center today before you leave. We'd love to help you get started right and to apply the cross of Christ to your everyday life. God, today we thank you for the cross. We thank you for every lash. We thank you for the pounding of every nail. We thank you for every twinge of pain, for every drop of blood, filled with power to cover the sins of the world. God, we thank you for the cross. We wish there had been some other way. But God, by your will, your son died. And by your power, he's risen again. We thank you for what the Savior did not do that day. We thank you for all that he did for us and all that he continues to do living in us today. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.